Father, we thank you for another day. Thank you, Lord, that you promised us that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you are close to us, that you care for us, that you see us, that you know us, Lord God. I pray that you will remind us today, Father, of your perfect love. And I pray, Father, that your perfect love would cast out fear. It would cast out guilt. It would cast out shame, Father, that we would know in your Son that we are fully accepted and embraced in you. Would you be with us, God, as we continue to hear your word and as we continue in our time of worship, Father, would you meet us in this place? Would you fill us with your spirit? And would you glorify your name? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, Cornerstone. My name is Tim. I'm one of the pastors here at Cornerstone Church, and I have the privilege, privilege of uh, proclaiming God's word this morning. Uh, I don't want to hold you long, so we'll be in Psalms uh, 121. Psalms 121, one of the Psalms of Ascent, known as a pilgrimage psalm as the Israelites are traveling to Jerusalem to worship. Psalms 121, and it reads like this, reading out of the Christian, Christian Standard Bible. I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and your going, both now and forever. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for this holiday season, this season of Thanksgiving. Father, I pray that you would bless us to create more memories with those we love, Will we truly reflect and think about the ways you have blessed us and kept us and watched over us, God. And I pray that time with family this week, this season, would be encouraging and it would be refreshing. Lord, I pray that we'll be able to create memories. But Lord, we also pray that you would lift up those who... All they have is memories of those they've lost. Those precious memories that bring about sadness and grief. 
Lord, you said in your word that you are near to the brokenhearted, that you are close to those who are grieving. Jesus, you're the suffering servant who is acquainted with grief. Would you meet us in this season, in whatever season we find ourselves in as we enter into the holiday, holiday season? Would you give us your grace? Would you give us space to be joyful? Will we rejoice with those who rejoice, but will we also grieve with those who grieve? And will we reflect your love to those around us in this season? Lord, would you help us to be hearers and doers of your word? Make it my one and only goal and purpose right now, Lord, to make it my ambition to please you and you alone. I pray that you would save somebody today. Pray you would encourage somebody today. Fill us with your presence and your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. February 2nd. 2019, I was writing in my journal after a conversation with my grandmother. We had a good conversation, and at the end of that conversation, I, I asked her, we call her, uh, we call her Balu. I said, Balu, how you, how you feeling? She said, Tim, my, my body is weak. My, my mind wonders sometimes. But I thank God for right now. I thank God that he's kept me. And in that moment, I had to write that down in my journal because that stayed with me. She admitted that she was weak, but she was thankful. God had kept her through everything she had been through at that point. I think what stayed with me most was not the fact that I heard her talk about her thankfulness because I've heard that all my life from my grandmother, but it was the context that she was thankful in. The loss of a husband that she was with for over 60 years, losing all of her siblings in the early stages of dementia, not being able to go to church anymore, not being able to drive and get out like she used to, but in that moment she was thankful. This stayed with me and this conversation encouraged me and it revealed also to me in that moment that a lot of times for me, circumstantial blessings are a prerequisite for thankfulness. It was the health, of, health and strength of my family, the relationships I had with my family, the favorable outcomes to challenging situations a lot of times were the primary reason why I was thankful. But in this conversation, my grandmama was thankful for the Lord providing for her and 
keeping her and watching over her, but she was thankful in that moment because God had preserved her life. She was thankful for the fact that God had brought her through everything she had been through and she still had a voice to say thank you. For her, as it is for this psalm, is in Psalm 121, it was her very existence was a testimony to God's goodness. That she was alive was a testimony that if it had not been for the Lord on her side, she wouldn't know where she would be. And here we find in this psalm this declaration of confidence and trust in the God who keeps us, a God who created us in his image, and now a God who has established a covenant with us that cannot be broken. And the truth from this text that I want us to take away from today is this, that since the God who created us is in covenant with us, we know that he has control over everything, and he is able to keep us from anything we face. This is a psalm of ascent. A lot of scholars believe that this is a psalm where the Israelite people are journeying towards Jerusalem. They are walking to worship. They're walking to church. They're going to celebrate festivals and offer sacrifices to their great God. But their geography, it teaches them theology. Where the temple was in Jerusalem, it was known as the place where heaven and earth meet, where they experience the presence of God. But on this mountain, this mountain was surrounded by valleys. On their way to worship, they have to walk through the valley. On their way to church, there are dangers seen and unseen. On their way to worship, there may be robbers on the side of the road, slippery slopes, devastating heat during the day and freezing temperatures at night, dangerous animals who are lurking in the valley. They're on their way to church, but behind them and beside them, in front of them, around them is trouble. Church, this journey to worship is a picture of our journey in this world on our way to heaven. Trouble at every side, hardships, dangers, seen and unseen on our way to heaven. But my encouragement this morning from this psalm for us today is don't let where you are right now stop you from walking forward into what God is calling you to. Don't let where you are right now stop you from looking toward where God is because your help is not found in the conditions around you, but in the God who keeps you. How do we make it to church? How do we make it to the end? How do we make it to worship when we have to walk through the valley?
psalmist says it like this. He says, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. King James Version would say it like this. I lift my eyes towards the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalmist, he understands that his help is not found in heaven or earth, but the one who created both. He declares to himself that his help is in his God. Psalms 24.1, it says it like this, the earth is the Lord's. King James would say, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That the earth belongs to the Lord. Psalms 115.3 would say, our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. Church, our, our, our help is not bound by creation because our God exists outside of creation. Isaiah 66, 1 would say that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. The psalmist proclaims that our help comes from the Lord and God is qualified to help us because he's never needed help within itself. A God who is not dependent on anything is a God who can give us the help we need in everything we face. Question for us this morning is that as we look forward, as God calls us to look up where our help and our hope is found, it's not the question of if God can truly help us. The question for us is who are we looking to for help? Who are we looking for help from, but also do we really want the help God provides? Many of us don't understand or discern the difference between asking God for help and a desire for temporary relief. Many of us think that it's God's job to meet our felt needs without addressing our deepest needs. We assess his helpfulness based on what we think we need instead of allowing God to identify the need that we have in order to provide the best help that he can provide. It's a struggle for us to actually receive God's help because some of us relate to God in the same way we relate to our vices. We expect Comfort, immediate satisfaction, immediate relief. In the valley, we say, well, Lord, I, I tried to pray. I tried to read my Bible. I tried community. I tried church, but it did not work. Because in the valley, we can begin to live by formulas and not faith. Our vices lead us to believe that the help we really need provides an escape from reality. Quick solutions. Instant satisfaction. What we see in this text, this is not the help God provides. A few years ago, 
I went to the, uh, the dermatologist, my, my grandmother, my mother, all, they had um, eczema and I have it as well. And it's just skin inflammation where you have these breakouts. And I went to the dermatologist and she was asking me, oh, what, what prescriptions are you on or what are you doing to alleviate some of the inflammation? And I told her when I was a lot younger, a doctor gave me these, uh, these pills and I take them and it was like a steroid and it would calm my skin and it would, it would make me really sleepy, but it would provide an immediate relief for me. And she told me, she said, I, I want to suggest to you, you can continue to take that medicine if you want. But research shows now that that medicine, that prescription, is actually linked to long-term memory loss. That that medicine that they gave you for some in older age is actually connected to dementia. So it helps you in the moment. You, you feel fine in the moment. You're able to sleep well in the moment. But what you feel like helps you today could hurt you tomorrow. You, you thought what provided immediate relief would help you, but in the long run, it actually hurts you. And sometimes we want immediate relief so that we don't have to practice complete trust. But the psalmist reminds us that I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. And when we receive God's help, we have to acknowledge that we are helpless. We have to acknowledge that any other place that we look for help cannot really help us. Our only true help is from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. Our, our help comes from the Lord, church. Our help, God uses people. He uses his word, but we have to remind ourselves that our ultimate help truly comes from one person, one place, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the Lord, our God. Our personal confidence in God's help, the psalmist shows us that it leads to a corporate declaration that God will always keep his people. He starts off telling himself where he, his help come, comes from, and then he tells the community around him. He says in verse 3 and 4, this God who created us and in, who's in covenant with us, he will not allow our foot to slip. Our protector, our keeper will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. First thing we see in this passage is God watches over us. This God that does not sleep or slumber is perfectly aware of the conditions that surround us. He sees everything on the journey. His awareness of us provides assurance for us. God sees. One translation says that God is always awake. He's always alert, and because he's always alert, he's always ready to respond to his people when they need his help. God has a perfect and a pure perspective on where we are and what we need. And if you know that God created all things, 
that he's established a covenant with you, then that means you can go to sleep at night because God does not. Psalms 127.2, it says, in vain you get up early and stay up late working hard to have a, enough food. Yes, but he gives sleep to the ones he loves. Church, some days, some moments in the valley, the most spiritual thing you can do is go to sleep. The, the journey is long and the problems will be there and the danger might be around you and there might be issues that keep you up at night and you might be tempted to stay up looking on your phone, going through those emails and looking at your calendar, trying to figure out everything around you, but God is calling you to go to sleep. He is wide awake watching over you, your comings and your goings in every decision, in every mistake, in every joy, in every emotion. He sees you so you can go to sleep. He watches over his people and because he watches over us, that gives us the freedom to rest. Jesus would say it like this in Matthew 11. He says, come to me all who are Weary, carrying heavy burdens, and he will give us rest. Songwriter would say it like this, that his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. We have a God who never sleeps nor slumbers, and that gives us assurance that he sees us, and it also gives us the freedom to rest. We see God is a God who watches over us, but he's also a God who walks beside us. Verses 5 and 6, the Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The Lord will not, the sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. Psalmist, he reminds God's people that he's a protective shade. Trouble is around them in the valley, but they have a God that surrounds them with himself. God shades us from things that would otherwise harm us, that faithfulness covers us. The sun and the moon do not strike by day and night. The Things that are greater than us in power have no power to harm us because God is greater than those things. One translation would say like this, that God, he shadows us. That God is so in covenant with us and he's such a good God that he's so close to us that anything that would threaten us must go through him first. One of the most interesting animals to me is the, the honey badger. It has super thick skin, sick, it's, it's thin, it's, its skin is six millimeters thick, and because of its thick skin, it withstands bites from poisonous snakes, scorpion stings, machetes and spears, and bow and arrows cannot penetrate the shield around the honey badger because of its thick skin. This animal is, is constantly 
under attack, but the attacks around it have no strength to kill them because their bodies were made to shield them from those attacks. And church, when God called you into the body of Christ, God has surrounded you with his protection. God established himself as your protective shield. That means if anything comes to you, it must have to go through God first. Things that would strike or attack the things around you, if they could penetrate God's protection of you, you would have something to worry about. But because they cannot, because he is all powerful, the text says that even the sun and moon will not harm because God created them both. He created them and they are under his subjection. That Jesus says that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And since everything is under his authority, they have no, they have no authority to overthrow his protection in our lives. He's our Shelter, our shadow, he's so close to us that anything that would come to us must go through him first. This is the encouragement that the psalmist provides for us this morning. We have a God who keeps us, who's watching over us, a God who is walking beside us. And then we also have a God who is working things out for us. Verses 7 and 8, the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and your going both now and forever. The, the God who created us and who is in covenant with us is the God who has promised to preserve us forever. God's covenant is true, and in his covenant, we have eternal security in him. That, that where we are and where we are going is already covered because God keeps us. As we read this psalm, especially these last two verses, I'm sure that many of us read this passage and quickly focus on the uncertainties of the journey. What will the harm be that would come to me? What will the harm be that would threaten my existence? What are the dangers around me that may tempt me to doubt God's faithfulness to me. And church, I want to encourage us this morning. I think sometimes we can be so consumed with what we don't know that we forget the God we do know that has promised to help us and keep us from our harm. Sometimes we want information from God so that we don't have to walk by faith in God. We want assurance that what will happen in the future will be for our good. We want assurance about what will happen in the future so we won't have to trust God in the present until God reveals the information we think we need to be faithful to him. But the Bible says that faith comes 
by hearing and hearing the word of God. That faith comes by hearing what God has said, not knowing everything that God knows. Many of us struggle with a psalm like this that calls us to trust in God's keeping power because our anxiety is based on our lack of sovereignty. You don't believe God will protect you and keep you, and you're always trying to protect yourself. You make rash decisions. We hide from people who really want to help us. We try to manipulate outcomes and situations and people in order to get the outcomes we want instead of trusting that God has good for us. We fight for control in our lives to protect us from struggle and discomfort and problems. But the Bible says that God is a keeping God. He keeps us from all harm, all danger, all evil. What, what does it mean that God keeps us from harm? Because all of us and many of us know the dangers of the valley. You know the traumas and the pains and the disorientation that comes from trying to walk forward to God, but having to deal with the evil and the wickedness around us. This is the distinction that the text makes for us, the text clarifies the truth. He says, I will protect you from all harm. God will protect your life. That all of us have experienced hurt in this valley, in this broken world. Hurt is something or someone that causes pain in our lives that damages or cripples our quality of life. But, but harm in this passage is the ability to strip us from life itself. God protects us from all harm because nothing can take away what God can only give. Death has been defeated in Christ then if death has been defeated in Christ, then surely every danger, every problem we face has no power to pluck us from God's hand. That we have a God who's working it out for us. The text says that the Lord protects our coming and our going, our walking, our daily activities, everything we do everything that we face anywhere we are, we have God's keeping power. That, that right now, where you are and where you are going and where you have been has been covered because God keeps us. A few months ago, had a uh, situation with um, our car and had to take it to the shop and uh, they had our car for around two, two months because they needed parts and different things had to be mailed in and called the insurance company. Y'all know how insurance companies work. They, they sent me a, a check. I had my deductible. And so I go to the dealership once they have my car 
fixed, but the damage was greater than the payment the insurance company gave me and the deductible that I had. I, I called the representative from the insurance company and they did not pick up the phone. I called them for a week and a half and didn't have any luck getting a hold of them. And so I called my claims agent and she said, I'm going to give you another representative. And, and within two days, I emailed the representative and I had an extra payment that would cover the cost. But when the check came, I realized that they had covered the cost they owed. They also gave me money for my deductible and they also gave me a surplus of money. I don't know how that happened and I didn't ask no questions, I just received it. <laughs> I, I went back to the dealership with the first payment their second payment, the payment they gave me for the deductible, and then I took home the surplus. I, I had full coverage, but there was still an extra cost. And I needed a representative to cover that cost for me. And I want to tell you, church, this morning, that God gave you full coverage. And even in that full coverage, there was a deductible to pay. And God also covered the deductible. The Bible says that I look unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help came from Calvary, from that Jesus who bled and died for me, the one who knew no sin, who became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That God gave me full coverage because Jesus paid the cost. That means that I am fully and perfectly and eternally covered. Church, have confidence this morning because your past is covered. Your present is covered. Your future is covered. Your sin is covered. Your brokenness is covered. Your calling is covered. The trouble you're in is covered. The danger you face is covered. The hardship you are facing is covered. Even in the pain is covered. And even in death is covered. Because on that Sunday morning, he paid the cost. He gave us full coverage. But he also gave us a surplus. He was raised from the dead with all power in his hands. And now he gives us an inheritance in his kingdom to remind us that we have full security in the coverage of God. Our hope is in God's help. His help is eternal because he is the creator of all things. And he's established a perfect and enduring covenant with us that's been established through the precious blood of Jesus that gives you the confidence this morning and every single day of your life that you have safety in God. And because you have security in God right now, you can trust that he will provide a safe entry into his eternal kingdom where there will be no more pain and no more sorrow, no more grief, no more anxiety, no more trauma. We have full coverage, full covering because we have a God who keeps us. Bible calls us to set our minds, 
our affections on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, he, he sits down because the work has been completed. He sits down to let us know that we have full assurance that we have a true representative that has established relationship with God that cannot be broken because he's defeated sin, death, and the grave. My only encouragement for you this morning, church, is to enjoy the journey. So many times we are consumed with the valley experience that our thoughts and our actions are only committed to surviving and enduring where we miss out on the joy that the Lord has for us right now. The joy that God has for us right now is not in the danger, seen and unseen. It's not in the trouble. It's not in the unknowns. It's not in the uncertainties of the future. Our joy right now is that that even as we endure, we're enduring with an eternal hope. We're enduring on the way to a place that God has established and set before us where we would meet him and see him face to face and we would glorify and worship his name forever in perfect unity with him forever. My encouragement for us this morning is to enjoy the journey because God is in covenant with us. That Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31, when he talks about covenant, he says, as surely as long as the sun is fixed in the sky, as surely as the moon is fixed in the sky, surely we can trust that God will keep his covenant with us. That if the moon and the sun fell from the sky, then we could believe that God will be unfaithful. But every single morning when you wake and every single night when you lay your head, if you look outside, if you see the sun, if you see the moon, it's a reminder of God's perfect and steadfast faithfulness to his people. Church, I want to encourage you to enjoy the journey. Be, be reminded that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That our thankfulness to God can be found in God's perfect nature and character and not just in the situations that we face. That God is truly a present help in the time of trouble and that help is eternal, it's immediate, and we have access to it every single moment of our lives. Father, we thank you for this day. I don't know what stories or experiences uh, in this room, I don't know where everyone's thoughts or desires are in this moment, Father, but you do. All of us need your help, but so many of us struggle with asking for your help. Lord, remind, the, remind us of the truth that your strength is made perfect in weakness. That even when we feel helpless in the valley, we have help from on high that comes to us and gives us what we need to endure. Not only enduring for the sake of survival, but enduring with joy. 
Father, we need you. Remind us, Lord, that we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth, Father. Give us the help we need to have the hope that we need to continue to endure in faithfulness as we await for you to come back for us, God. As we await for your coming where you will make all things right. Give us your help, God, and keep us in your hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.